Relax. You're quite safe here. <laughs> Good evening, and welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, whether you're doing it at cnjradio.com or you're subscribed and leaving a star rating and a review on iTunes and never missing one single episode. Thank you especially everybody who does that. Uh, you knew this was inevitable. It is now time to pay tribute to the late great David Bowie. And there's... Uh, you know, usually when we do the Fallen episodes, I bring on Logan. I don't think uh, any of you realize that the reason Logan is on this particular episode is because it, uh, m- this guy is more of an, a Bowie authority than I could ever be. No, I'm not. A- and, um, I mean, you know, hey. I'm a, I'm a scratch on the surface, but... But Logan is here, everybody. Say say hello. Hi. <laughs> And uh, yeah, this this is like we we do these episodes, you know, and sometimes we even have a little bit of fun on the fallen episodes, you yeah. know, because you know you do what you can and uh, you want to give it the proper due. But this one, I I went over this a lot, uh, like major music deaths in my lifetime. I can I could probably count. You know, I I thought about some of the big ones, and yeah. I I don't want to discount anybody, but I think it. It's 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 proper for me to like just the importance of, of of David Bowie, you know. There's been guys like Freddie Mercury, Eric Carr, Joey Ramone, and the rest of the Ramones. Right. I mean those those are huge, and I, those have like really affected me, like knocked me out, like you know punched me in the chest and the heart and all that stuff. Um, when Freddie died, I was like. Uh, 12 years old or something like that 12 or 13 years old mm. somewhere around there and and i hadn't i i i had experienced queen right but as as the years have gone on i have i have lived with queen so when when he went i wasn't i was a fan but i wasn't that fan yet right yeah. so his death affects me more today yeah than it did when it actually happened yeah uh, for someone like you, I'm sure that was way different. Well, and my I'm not trying to date you once again. No, no, but. no. But you know, my experience whenever someone of this magnitude mm-hmm. dies, it's all about what is your emotional connection. Yeah. Now, whenever Freddie Mercury passed away, that was. 91, 92? Yeah. November of 91. 91. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I, I loved Queen. Yeah. They still are on my list of bands I'd wish I had seen, period. And I don't have anyone else. I don't even care about seeing Black Sabbath in their old times. But if I, I, I missed Queen back in, in, in their prime right there. But... Yeah. I wish I'd seen that show. Yeah. But my emotional connection wasn't wasn't really with the band. It was yeah. just I understand that. And that that's where that's where I'm I'm bridging over today. Yeah. Because, because I was really trying to think of like what's a really huge rock death right. in our lifetimes and then Freddie's always and, one of the first and, and ones. Freddie's you know, Freddie's a, a tremendous one. Don't get me wrong, I'm yeah. not trying to discount his 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 death because yeah. it, it 
if anything, if yeah. he had if he had passed away, let's say within the last ten years, yeah. I think it would mean a lot more oh, on yeah. my level for for me personally. Yeah. We would than, probably would have had a chance to see him perform, right? And exactly, feel, and feel that thing that a lot of people exactly. got to do. People and, that had that honor, and that's and that's what that's what is that's where my connection is. Yeah, and for a lot of people, it's John Lennon. For a lot of other people, it's Kurt Cobain. For a lot of other people, right. it's Dimebag. Right. You know, big ones. You know, people yeah. like, people I'm Period. not a fan of, like Stevie Ray Vaughan. I can't right. discount that. Um, you know, those are huge, and they still get talked about. You, they have the T-shirts still. You know, I mean, that's that's yeah. where that's how you know where you are. Yeah. My God, you're going to be it's, seeing Bowie T-shirts like you see Marilyn Monroe and Elvis shirts, and you don't even think about it right. anymore. Uh-huh. That's what David Bowie is. That that's how much of an icon he is. Absolute icon, legend, any kind of adjective you can give this guy. Right. He has it and he earned it. And with I mean with for I mean he was very very massive. He was all over the place. Yeah. He was in 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 pop culture, he was in the music business, he was in art, he was in film. Uh there's hardly anything creative any type of creative force where he hasn't touched mm-hmm. in the last 40 years. Yeah. And to some other people, he was a, a dad and a, and a husband. Right. And, and, and that's the other side of it, and too. A, yeah. Right. That, that he, was, he was exactly the, the, the father, the husband, you know, who knows, the, the grandfather. Yeah. In, yeah. In, in, in some cases, I'm sure. Yeah. So... And yeah. he cared about he care. I mean, you know, you know. Obviously, I know that you know him and Duncan probably didn't have the greatest relationship all the time. I know that I know that he's still very much affected by this. Right. And that's another thing to be said. A lot of aging rockers and a lot of people that go like this uh, don't take care of their family because they don't make that will. That's that's important. And you know, of course, details are now coming out about his will. And it was very cool that at some point, about a decade ago, he took care of everybody. He took care of everybody. He took care of his assistants, his housekeepers, his nannies. I mean, everybody. Everybody. Everybody got paid. And and, and you know, I, I I'll be honest. You know, like whenever I I, I was over this last weekend, I, w- I was seeing some of that information filter yeah. out. Yeah, me too. And I'll be honest, I kind of felt guilty. Like that? it's not really any of my business. No, it's not. But we all read it. But and, and of course, I click on the story just like everybody else may or may not who already has the connection with it. Sure. And it's not really any of my business. But at the same time, I'm still, I'm still wanting to know that he was the exceptional human. Yeah. In in his afterlife as he was whenever he was out uh, you know uh, he, he he did a show with Arcade Fire yeah I years that. ago yeah yeah about 10 years but ago but w- what happened whenever he heard Arcade Fire is he went to the, his local Tower Records there in New York City yeah. and bought every copy that they had <laughs> and gave it away and then right? gave it away to yeah. all of his friends yeah I love and, hearing stories and, like that and, yeah. and I mean and, and I'm, for me I'm like that's exactly what I would do. Yeah. If I heard a if I heard a band that I was just so floored by, yeah. I would I would go to my you know whatever local record store 
and I'd buy every fucking copy that they had, yeah. and I would hand it to everybody. Yeah, I do that on a lower level. Like right. if I see a CD on right. clearance, I yeah. pick it up and I give it to somebody. I've I've benefited from a couple of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but it's 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 nice to know that even even though he was the icon and uh, the the innovator, yeah. that he was still just a fan. A guy. Yeah, I remember. I remember. I'm glad you mentioned that, like something like that Arcade Fire thing, because I remember seeing him. And I, I came to the store one day when we were working together at the record store. And I said, right. "Hey, I saw Bowie on MTV." Right. This is like '99 or 2000, uh-huh. around the Hours era. Yeah. And he's being interviewed by one of their like you know Alterna guys or whatever. I don't even remember the guy's name, but yeah. And he, you know, they threw that generic question out. Right. What are you listening to yeah, these days? Exactly. Yeah. And he goes, "Oh," and he really gave it up for Granddaddy. Oh, did and, he really? And, and then the guy kind of, the interviewer kind of had that look like, who? What? And then Bowie just like, you, you haven't you haven't heard them yet? Like, and he was kind of like, aren't you like a music guy? Aren't you like right. working on MTV? <laughs> like, he looks so bummed out that the guy gave him that dog being shown a card trick uh, look. Yeah, if you're He's if like, you're in the business, to them right you now. should like, go have go get sophomore whatever it was. So, yeah, sophomore yeah. slump. Yeah, yeah, sophomore slump. Uh, software, I think. Sof- yeah, software yeah, so- slump. That's it. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, I remember yeah, 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 selling yeah. records. But so. I just thought that was so funny that like he was like, oh, you have, I remember how have you him. Not heard of I remember them? him talking about the Pixies. <laughs> it it, yeah. it 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 was always fun to hear who he was listening to. Yeah. And, uh, and and you know, I, I, I first off, I, I, I well, it's not first off now. I guess this is third or fourth. Sure. For as long as we've been sitting here, but thanks, Joey, for for doing these episodes. Yeah, um, yeah episodes. I'm glad you said that because what yeah. we're doing here is uh, we're gonna we're gonna deal with this through the whole year. Honestly, this is part one of four, and we're gonna basically do a, a different era. Uh, Bowie throughout the year so we're going to do four parts uh, he deserves more but we're going to do a really solid four uh, filled with of course his catalog in chronological order as well as some odds and ends as you've come to know from a show like Rock Strikes 10 uh, you know do a little bit of a balancing act some well known songs some songs that I feel like I'd want to spotlight him for Logan as well we got yeah. some personal favorites in here uh, so yeah, let's go ahead and kick it off, and we'll talk. Cool. We'll talk yeah. more stuff. I mean, we got we got a whole year to talk Bowie. <laughs> so let's get to some music. Of course, first full length album. If you don't count that early era, which I, I'm not, I'm the, not trying to discount it, but at the same time, you know, we if you're, if you're a hardcore fan, you've heard the stuff. I mean, there's nothing, you know, that's gonna set the world on fire unless you want to play something fun like or, Laughing yeah. Gnome. And I'm sorry, Adam, we're not playing Laughing Gnome. <laughs> I know that really bums you out, and I'm sorry. I really, I'm am. sure. Well, is is Adam the guy over in yeah the Adam UK? from Cleveland. Cleveland? Oh, Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. Adam's oh, okay. like day one CNJ radio. Oh, okay, guys. okay. I know he's a big Laughing Gnome fan. So uh, and, go and, look up <laughs> Laughing Gnome by David Bowie if you right. haven't heard it. It's right. definitely uh, it's it's worth a spin. No offense. No offense. We'll get to the first real full length album in the UK. It was called Just David Bowie. Over here, we know it as Space Oddity. It came out on November 4th, 1969, ushering in the 70s. I mean, who else is going to usher in the 70s other than like Led Zeppelin, David Bowie, ushering in the 70s? Yeah. Like, uh, as far as England goes, that's for damn sure. Personal note, I wasn't even born yet. Oh, oh yeah, because you're 12, 6? 8. 12, 8. Yeah, sorry, the day Lennon got shot. 
That's how we know. Several years later. <laughs> yeah, several years later. Many years later, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. And you have to hear it every... That's yeah. how people know it's your birthday. Well, <laughs> apparently not. No, I I, I always remember. <laughs> actually, I, I herald the day after birthday. Tom Waits' birthday. How's oh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because uh, he's a seventh. Yeah, that's that's Nola's. She shares, oh, that's right. That Nola is Nola's. shares Tom Waits' birthday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So many cool people on her birthday. I have nothing. I have yeah. freaking Neil Sedaka, I think, and 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 the bass player from U two. I think you're, Adam Clayton. Yeah, I think he's the, same. the bass player from U two. Never mind. <laughs> All right, but, sorry. Back no, in the space. No, back, back in the space oddity. <laughs> No, um, November 4th, 1969. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. And, of course, uh, you know, it's interesting. You can go look this up, too. Um, Bowie actually recorded the single Space Oddity prior to this album. There's a cool demo of it on a CD called the Dare Anthology. Oh, yeah. And you hear a, a alternate, that's what I have. alternate recording of uh-huh. Space Oddity, which is, is very morose sounding, actually. Barely certain I have that Yeah. One. But if you get the Space Oddity album over here in America, it kicks off, of course, with the epic title track, and followed by almost an equally epic second track, because the rest of the album, honestly, is pretty folky, to be quite yeah. honest with you. I do like Memory of a Free Festival. I think that's a right. cool yeah. uh, song as well. And uh, But yeah, right after Space Oddity, track two, I want to play this one. Like I said, I think equally epic. And uh, a little more of a rock edge too, yeah. uh, a little little ballady, but a little rock as well. So I'm not a big fan of the folk, right? To be quite honest with you, and I don't think you really um, are that. Not, much I'm either. not a huge fan of the the folk yeah. era of his. But I'm, I'm I'm glad he moved on. Yeah, I give this album like as far as overall tracks a half. See, I give it a thumbs in the middle because I like Space Oddity, yeah, Janine, Memory of a Free Festival, yeah, and this song right here. So kicking off our year long. David Bowie tribute. This is unwashed and somewhat slightly dazed. Bye, my pretty girl. I see you see me through your window. Don't turn your nose up Well, you can if you need to You won't be the first all night It must strange you To look down so far from your father's house And I know what a louse like me In his house could do for you Dreams and your feet in the depths of your bank of sleep. 
All right, there you go. I think that was, uh, you know, you hear the beginning of that song, and it's like, this is very Space Oddity, like we're just easing out yeah. of Space Oddity almost. And then it, I, the thing I really like about this song, it's kind of where he's going, like even in another one or two albums. Yeah, I was going like, to say. This is getting close to Hunky Dory territory oh, yeah, yeah. without even being on there, so... Uh, there you go. Unwashed and somewhat slightly dazed, all six minutes and 11 seconds of it. <laughs> uh, first song on our Bowie tribute for this year. I, I'm going to, as we go through the albums, I'd like to just, you know, bring up musicians of note just to kind of also bring forth, like, hey, a lot of these guys played for me. You may not even know this, and yeah. you may know these people. Uh, and I always like to bring up his credits on the album, too, because not only did Bowie write every song on this album, but his credit, vocals. 12-string guitar, stylophone, kalimba, stylophones, and the Rosedale electric chord organ. What the fuck? I have the actual CD booklet here, and I'm Boy. reading it straight off of there. The 60s I... must have been a very archaic period. <laughs> so here's some other musicians to note. There's two. Uh, the great Tony Visconti, of who course. produced the album, his yeah. longtime friend. Some of the info that Tony had after he died, yeah. were, that was... Those, those were like really? the real first eye-opening moments of his yeah. death, because we'll talk about that later. But yeah. Tony played flute and recorder <laughs> on the album. But hey, he also gets a bass credit hey. on here, too. So, And uh, credit for the harpsichord and Mellotron goes to Rick Wakeman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's Did right. Did you know that? I, yeah. see, I didn't even realize yeah, that. Yeah, Rick Wakeman had, had done a... Uh, there's a really cool beat that well there was a, a BBC program that Showtime had called Five Years, okay, and it just went it it took five years out of Bowie's catalog. Okay, yeah, he not, just put that not, box set too called Five Years. Right, right, yeah. but that was sequential. I mean, that was albums as they were being released. The Five Years just took five different years completely. Oh, okay. And uh, it, it, it's only uh, like an hour-long program, but um, Rick Wakeman talks about playing at the very beginning of it. Um, talks about playing on a on a particular song. I, I won't ruin it for you. Okay. So that no, I'd like you, to see that. Is so that... that you and whoever else is listening and fairly interested goes out and actually tries to, to seek it out and watch it because it's a, it's a fantastic... It's a great little, uh, it's a great little documentary. All right, that's awesome. Thank you for bringing that up because I had no idea. So yeah, I'm going to seek it out for sure. Yeah, it's good stuff. All right. So after Space Oddity, a year to the day on November fourth, nineteen seventy, which was a Wednesday probably or something. Sure, why not? <laughs> uh, but he put out this album, which a lot of people will know this title for sure. The Man Who Sold the World. Of course, the title track, later famously covered by Nirvana, only probably the biggest band of the 90s. Uh, and so. it was a well-done version. Sure, yeah. I'm, I'm okay I with it. I have a huge problem with it. Um, but let's talk about this album a little bit here. And uh, I think it, it definitely showing signs of progression and, you know, r- improvement, honestly. We were talking from, about we were talking about this. Off like the air. Off. Yeah. And then, and then he goes, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> We should probably talk about this whenever we're recording. Yeah, because it does help. We're we're just we were just waxing about what what to play off this because and my point was going to be was this was a record where he really was picking up some, I mean, some steam as yeah. far as you know his songwriting, 
the the guys in the band. I'll say the important piece here for me yeah, is the introduction of Mick Ronson. Mick Ronson. So who would and, be and, his Keith Richards for lack of right. a better term. Yeah. So. And it, it it's almost like it's too bad we we can't we can't do the uh, the online poll. What would you play from this record? Yeah, you know, for right in, now, it's already <laughs> because by the second album, it's harder to pick. Honestly, it is because yeah. there's there's some it good gets tracks. It's really there. tough from here. I said uh, up we, until a, a, another decade, it, it, if yeah. not if not longer, fifteen yeah. years. Yeah, because I mean, uh, all the Mad Men we were talking about. Right. Uh, you mentioned what? Uh, she uh, shook me, me cold. It's a great great track. But, Black Country Rock. With of a circle, uh, you could. And Superman's good. Superman. Uh, but yeah, I I think this definitely like this is a dealer's choice if you ask me. Sure, and he's got a deck of cards on the floor. So uh, there you go. There you go. Right on the cover of the album. The, yeah, let, let me talk about the cover real quick because there's two covers. There's the the cartoon of the guy with the gun, you know, like a shotgun under yeah. his shoulders. But the thing about the one that they use over here, I, I guess this is the U.S. cover. It's a photo of David wearing a dress. Right. It like, was. It was a very. It, it, he was. He was being kind of promoted as, um, and and I think it was it's sort of that shock rocks sort of persona, yeah, a very sexually ambiguous figure, because well, kids bought those records, yeah. I mean, just like just like in in the, uh, the was I guess it was a '90s if it had a parental advisory sticker on it, the kids right. bought it. Period. But that, that was just starting in the UK. That hadn't that hadn't happened in the US. Yeah. I mean, and, androgynous rock wasn't happening yeah. over here. It yet. wasn't. It wasn't and really so, in Bowie and you know rumblings of people like Alice Cooper and people like that. But do you like boys or do you like girls? Yeah. And then, I mean, the T Rex finally got some singles over here, and then right. it all kicked off. But like, I just wonder, like, is that why the covers, is that why they went with the cartoon over in the UK? Because the dress, that had to be a point of contention if they wanted to use this cover originally. Because I don't know what the story on this is. Well, and, 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 is I'll, that in five years? I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, I really don't either. But yeah. but just going from like you, some sort of... You don't bat an eye at that photo anymore. But no, you can I imagine don't, in no. 1970. Yeah, uh, in 1970. Yeah, that, that must have been a quote-unquote shocking photo yeah and i mean it's not even like it's not even like kind of a dress it's a damn dress it's a dress (laughs) and and he's got long hair long curly Uh almost reddish blondish hair and wearing a beret in some of the photos he looks like a woman yeah (laughs) and and, the way it is (laughs) i i i I think that was really on his his behalf i i'm i'm probably thinking that rca which i think was the original distributor of of the Mm-hmm. Uh, the early records, at least through, at 19, least all the way through the seventies, nineteen eighty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he wanted to sell records, and yeah. what what just, good way to 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 kind of, I guess, get tote, the, get the note to the kids, sure, than to have something like I said that's sexually ambiguous. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I like boys and like girls. I wonder. You know? I, just I like wonder. to do cocaine and I like to drink. And <laughs> I just wonder know? if there were meetings. I'm just let, curious. Let's you know, party. That's, yeah, that's you all. know. So, but yeah, let's uh, let's play something off this album. If you've never heard anything but the title track, you've been missing out, my friends, because this song exists. And uh, also, 
duly noted a, a tremendous live version of this on the Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust movie, the concert um, film. Yeah. Oh, showstopper. But the, the studio version is great too, so we're going to play it here. The kickoff track, uh, which is even longer than the last song, about eight minutes long. Right. But totally worth it. This is David Bowie with The Width of a Circle.
down to the gods again. there you go how do you finish a record after that like there were still like nine more songs to do or eight more songs and that took up probably like you know like half of the side of the vinyl half of side a yeah (laughs) and then like it almost but there were still like eight more songs after that i don't know how you do that after width of a circle that to me should have actually closed the album to be quite honest with you but uh uh, anyway there you go the width of a circle great amazing and some Solid guitar work, of course, by Mick Ronson making his David Bowie debut. Tony Visconti on the bass, piano, guitar, doing a little bit of everything. So there you go. Some noteworthy contributions on the record. David's still having a, a writing every song. Yeah. You know, so, and he, uh, he he gets the vocal and guitar credit. And also, once again, the stylophone comes back. I don't I know what this, this is. We I, have, I'm, I'm going to have to... <laughs> Yeah. Google this. One. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my uh, God. The 70s. Yeah, yeah. Or I, I think on the last Close one enough. I just said the 60s. So We were talking about that whole thing about uh, getting into the shock part of everything. And, and uh, something uh, that I, I, I should mention because uh, it almost sounded like I did it kind of reverse chronological. But uh, I know that like Alice Cooper had said this. And, you know, David talked about this as it pertains to... Uh, his transition from you know more artsy folk type stuff into yeah. more rock and roll type stuff 
Um, he, it was a smooth transition because you still have that acoustic guitar thing going on. Even throughout the glam shock yeah. period, you hear a lot of acoustic guitar in there. So he never really lost. A lot I think of he hung on. Yeah, yeah, I think he kind of hung on to that as kind of a, you know, kind of a security blanket. Maybe or like, hey, I'm not turning my back, or right. you know, I don't know. But like, there were guys like Alice and Iggy. Who they're like, you know, they were already doing that. They're already doing their thing that they became known for whenever, you know, David was still playing folk music. And if we're led to believe that the story in Velvet Goldmine is true, because apparently everything in Velvet Goldmine is supposedly true except for the names. Because they had to And I never the names. saw Velvet Goldmine. Terrible so. movie. Awful movie. <laughs> just just awful. But there's one scene in there I liked. There was one scene in that movie I liked. Okay. All right. And it's I think it's actually referencing that free festival Oh, okay. that they talked about on the first album, Dave. Uh, according to the movie, David in quotations. Right. You know, I don't know what they called him in this movie, but he goes and he's playing early in the day in this festival, and it's him, a stool, you know, one of his like dress robes, and an acoustic guitar, and he goes out and he does a folk set. Right. And he does not go over very well at all. Right. He's there, I think, probably with Angie. Uh, Angie Bowie, his first wife, I believe, and uh, some friends. And they're all trying to be like, David, no, you were fine. It's just, you know, they don't know you yet, but you'll you'll get there, you know, and that's the gist (laughs) of this storyline. Sun goes down, and this dude comes out. And in the movie, we know who this is just because of the attitude and the type of song and the the stage performance. Iggy Pop comes out. And... David immediately like just stares at the stage and they said, you know, in this thing, he's like, white as a ghost. And he's just like in shock. And they're like, what, what is it? It, What you hate it? And he goes, no, it's brilliant. I just wish I thought of it first. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh And so that apparently is kind of what got the ball rolling on the whole Ziggy Stardust thing. There we go. And, you know, thinking about it now, Iggy Ziggy, you know, I mean, it's kind of obvious. Iggy Ziggy. But, uh, yeah, I know, uh, you know, and, and and Alice loves the name drop over the years. You know, he, he was kind of like, you know, he might have probably seen me at some point yeah, between so. 68 and 72 when he started to put the makeup on a little bit more. And huh. I don't know. But it's, I'm sure there are better documentations of the storyline here or the timeline, if you will. But uh, and it may yeah. be blurred too because that—that's kind of what making your name was about. Sure. Yeah. And and you might have seen one element from this live act and this one from another one. Yeah. And, and twenty others from twenty other acts. Yeah, and there's that guy, the legendary Stardust Cowboy from, right. from Austin, Texas, who he gave a Rick- lot of credit to. Right, and and that was that was a funny little story too. Is that that's our next record? Oh no, no, we're well, not no, doing no, that. No, we're yet. not there yet. But we'll, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll tap the brake on that sure, one, and sure. let's do the greatness and the one record that I was so shocked that I was like, "Where is my fucking hunky dory?" I could you not lost believe, that one over the years. I, 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 yeah, somewhere wow. somewhere along the way. Didn't even have your Ryko still I, or anything. I, I, I didn't have a Ryko. Oh. I had nothing. Oh, had zero because you know, yeah, and and you know, I I, I was I was some chick steal it. <laughs> I, I'm not Maybe. going to deny or <laughs> confirm such reports, okay. 
but record records were really hard to steal from me. I'll say that. Yeah, sure, sure. Many have tried and failed. Many have tried and failed. Uh, uh, I, I, I've lost one T-shirt that I knowingly. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Hunky Dory. Sure. Uh, from... Cannot choose a song. I I, I cannot. This oh, you're is gonna have to, man. I mean, okay. Uh, there's uh, officially December seventeenth of nineteen seventy one. This album comes out a little I think it was over like two. A little nice. A little over a year after. Uh, Man of Soul of the World. This is this is a game changer. This sets the table for Bowie as a uh, actually an active single star, like a guy putting right. out singles that people are buying now. Not that Space Oddity. I think honestly, Space Oddity is bigger now than it was then yeah, because it. I it fully agree make, with that. It did not make him a superstar no. everywhere, but changes did. Yeah, I really feel like it did. Uh, well, this this album really put him. In 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 the mainstream eye. Yeah, I don't because know if it's one of those things where I don't know if it's one of those things where it hit immediately in America, but I know that changes is a radio staple now. I don't know yeah. how much. Maybe maybe it kind of built over the seventies. I don't know, I, but uh, it seems I like think, this was the first big hit. And, it's the and, first song on the almost, Changes album. I almost feel that that the song Changes got bigger as as it got older. Yeah. You know, that great, that great for, header quote in the Breakfast Club, and I was going to say yeah. for for my generation, yeah, the the that was a real big kicker. Whenever it was the the quote at the beginning of Breakfast Club, yeah, yeah, you know, we saw that and we were like, oh, David Bowie said that. Yeah. Or some of us said that. Yeah. And I remember seeing the quote. I remember later on, like whenever I finally heard the song again, I was like, oh, there it is, right. That's when you actually kind of start yeah. paying attention to lyrics. Yeah, and and, and yeah, exactly. And <laughs> and that was that was part of it because, you know, for me, I was always melody based or or, or yeah. musically based. I won't sure. say melody because, yeah. uh, you know, I have music that I like that nobody gives a shit about the melody. Sure. But honestly, th- this was this was a pivotal record for his songwriting. Yeah, I feel ability. Like, and I feel like people recommend this album for starters also. Uh, I, yeah. I, I tend to hear that quite a bit. See, but. and that's exactly why I was like, why the fuck do I not have Funky fucking Dory? <laughs> I know you've owned like three copies over the years. You don't Probably. have to qualify I, it for I, Yeah, I know. I, I just, uh, I'm so pissed. Yeah, so uh, I'm really, dude, I, I was really hoping that you were going to pick because well, I've, I've got some opinions, but it's like a three-way tie. Um, and even that's hard. To, like, you know, this is an album that has changes in Life on Mars, which... Another song that has gotten bigger over the years is Life on Mars because there's multiple movies that have it know, in there now. I know, but uh, I've I've got a few personal faves, you know, and half of them are in Wes Anderson movies. Queen now. Bitch is great. Queen I, Bitch, man. It, you know what? If I we, had that or Oh You Pretty Things, which are two completely different kind of songs, uh, and then another one that's completely different is Quicksand, which is a brilliant, which is a brilliant song. song. I ain't got the power anymore. Shit. To choose these songs. Well, I mean, you're, you're just, going with just your... going, just going off. It, it, even if we don't play this, uh, Queen Bitch, I, I I would dedicate that to my friend Julie, who said that, you know, r- right after hearing about Bowie's passing, uh, she said, "Fuck, man," that was my my my. I think within a very short version of her text to me sure she was she and and she had said man i used to start out my day listening to queen bitch for like 
every day for like six months back in 19 and this is i'm not going to even going to sure. fill in the 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 year for her but i this is this is another one of those records where I, man i i really can't i really this is okay, almost well you, a see, there you go you just picked it by not even knowing you picked it so this is for your friend julie. all right julie hey julie this is uh queen bitch from david bowie's awesome hunky dory album maybe you can start your morning with this one the second to last song off of the amazing hunky dory record that's like i i guess i i would say i know some people said they recommended that as bowie's first album to get the critics will tell you that too i think that's always on like a top 100 list you always know, your rolling yeah. stones and enemies of the world but they are queen bitch great song 
I was just referencing that great end title sequence in the aquatic life aquatic of Steve Cizu, which of course is filled with Bowie songs. Like Portuguese birdie, uh, Bowie songs, you know, over the years I've come to not like those versions, but uh, (laughs) they just kind of bug me now. But you know, whatever. Uh, it was nice that they used some of the originals in there as well, yeah, and to better effect whenever they do get used. Uh, just like Life on Mars, for instance, there's one, right? Uh, but yeah, Hunky Door, you should that's definitely an essential album. That's what we're also kind of here to tell you if you need a good 101, a buyer's guide to Bowie, we're, we're there for you too, just like. Our record store days are never going to go away. Never. So yeah, we got we got we you know half seas the- on uh, Space Oddity, and Man of the World. Hunky Dory is your first purchase of a top to bottom record. Top to bottom. Even some of the you know quote unquote filler songs are kind of neat. They're little fun yeah. little ditties. But I was talking about Quicksand earlier, and I wanted to bring this up. Yes. Um, back in uh, this is another MTV reference, but in like 1996 or 7 or something like that MTV was going to start this great music based series who would have thought that uh, even at that point and they were going to kind of music why would you do that kind of going back to their roots they they were they were starting this series called Live at the 10 spot oh was, yeah i remember that which was going to be maybe like once a month or maybe every other month I they were going to have a featured act play a full concert yeah. that they were promoting and putting yep. on it was kind of like a you know the, the 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 hardcore fan club or radio contest winners i mean this was like kind of an intimate show and that yeah. was the whole point is playing it like a big theater or even like a big club was it unplugged before or was no it, this was after it was, it was this still was way after it was unplugged. still kind of no, no this was like a full electric show just like if you yeah. went and saw them play in an arena this is the kind of show they would bring as far as like you know, it's it's electric. But for you and 20 of your closest friends. Yeah, no, this is more like playing big theaters. Okay. Like uh, uh, the first one was taking place at the Hammerstein Ballroom in oh, New okay. York, which is a very good venue. Yeah. And you get like, you know, 10,000 people in there, let's say. Maybe. I think it may actually right. be less than that. Uh, and they had the Rolling Stones book to play the opening. Well, something happened. Don't know how. Within like days before the show, the Stones had to cancel. Right. Bowie steps in. With almost like no rehearsal, being off tour, and they go in and play a show. They play like two hours, just throwing it down. Holy shit! But the coolest thing, and the thing that I still remember to this day, I haven't seen. I taped it, and I have it somewhere in the house, and hopefully I still have it uh, in my VHS vaults. But the thing I remember the most, he came out at the beginning of the show by himself with a guitar, acoustic guitar, and did quicksand as the oh. opener. And there's a guy in the front row who is like a big bald white guy with a beard looks like a biker check 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 and he is singing every word of Excellent. quicksand man that's and fantastic and with that like i'm i'm pushing my fist down to the barricade and with every note that he sings i am wow. singing this with him and you see this guy who if you saw him walking down the street towards you you would step aside this guy is seeing this beautiful ballad with David in the front and having that moment with that's him. That's cool. And that's that really is kind cool. of all you need to know about the guy. Man, like, you know what? The rest of the show is dedicated to that dude. That dude, man. There's a guy that works at Good Records that looks like who, that guy. Who could oh, be really? that guy? <laughs> right. That could be Chris Penn at Good Records for all I know. Um, but yeah, dude. Who got to tour with him, but that's a whole other thing. whole other um, thing. Wow. That story. But... Yeah. Polyphonic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Okay. Yeah. okay, as longtime friends of Rock Strikes 10 should be aware of, I like to do this series called The Odds and Ends, 
which is where we take songs uh, that aren't from proper studio records that might otherwise get ignored. Uh, you know, single releases only, cuts from soundtracks, cuts from EPs or even live albums or reissues, bonus tracks, those kind of things. So uh, on a few of these episodes, we will take time out to do the odds and ends of David Bowie. And this is the first entry oh. of the odds and ends of David Bowie. Now we're still in a thing uh, that I'll, you know, I'll, I'll mention this on the next one because we got two on this episode. Yeah. This first one is actually a song that David wrote, but he didn't write it for himself, but he did wind up performing it himself. Yeah. I think you know what this song is. Let's go for it. Let, let's put it this way. We're we're getting we're going from hunky dory. We're we're getting into Ziggy Stardust now. I mean, this song could have been on Ziggy Stardust. Imagine if you have this song on Ziggy Stardust. I mean, it's already a five star record, you know, it yeah. goes even more amazing with all the young dudes that oh, could have been on there. Yeah. Now I found out just, you know, reading over the years that, uh, the reason why David gave this song to Mott the Hoople is because, uh, David was a big Mott the Hoople fan and they were a very local based band at that time who hadn't gotten their success yet. They, it just wasn't happening for him. And Ian Hunter and Bowie were talking, and Ian was all bummed out. He's like, I'm breaking up the band. And David's like, don't do that. You're like my favorite band. Right. Let me write you a song. Maybe, you know, like, I'm getting famous. Maybe you can, I mean, please piggyback off me. You know, in so many words, I'm sure that's what he was saying. So he writes a song called Suffragette City. And he was like, ah. (laughs) I'm doing the short version. Apparently he was like, ah, it's, it's good. That's what Ian Hunter said? Yeah, and, and when, when Bowie brought it to him and he's like, ah, he said, all right, I'm not going to give up. And in like five minutes, he sat down on the floor with Ian in the room and wrote All the Young Dudes, which became Motha Hoople's signature piece. I was going to say. The only Motha Hoople song that most people know or own, which which stinks because they're a great band, but at the same are time, they? they're a great okay. band. All right, Absolutely. Well. Ian Hunter is a talent. He's a super talent. <laughs> I'm just kidding with you. Um, so yeah, yeah, no, I know. Um, but yeah, so there you go. Um, I would, I'm not going to play this version, but I highly recommend you go pick up the legacy version of all the young dudes on Sony legacy, the album itself, because you get an alternate version of all the young dudes that is a little more Bowie centric. There's a little more Bowie vocal and sax on there and you should definitely hear that version uh, but let's play this one. This is definitely considered an odd end. Why? Because it's never been on a proper Bowie studio release. You can find it now on like the best of Bowie, the the multiple best of Bowies that are out there. There's that era one that's like 69 through 74. Yes. It's on that. But you see that one out there with his face on there that has all the different uh, versions of the different parts of the world. That one or two disc best of Bowie is what it's called. Oh. And you will find it on here as well. Uh, and I think it, I mean, it's, and it's an important part of his history. So that's what we're going to play now. There we go. David Bowie's version of all the young young dudes. dudes. So a cover song that he wrote. Twenty 
dresses like a queen, he can kick like a mule. It's a real mean team. You can love, you can love. I'm not proud to stack a home. All the Young Dudes, which I know that timeline-wise we're a little off, however, uh, that was recorded during the Aladdin Sane sessions, but since he wrote it prior to Ziggy Stardust, and then that's when Mott the Hoople's version came out, it does count. <laughs> uh, also, a really great version of it on uh, the Live at the Tower record, it's called David Live. Oh yeah, uh, That version is so cool, because he, he kind of does a spoken word of it, and then the band kicks in for the chorus. It's just a really great version, and I know that that record's very maligned, which I'll mention later on in the show. But that's a cool highlight of that record. So, uh, full confession: first time I ever heard all the young dudes was Bruce Dickinson's version. <laughs> I'm not even kidding about that. I'm sure you heard Mop the Hoople's. Yes, yes, so. I, I, yes. I'm. Fairly certain that I heard that before yeah. Bruce Dickinson. But there you go. I really didn't know that Bruce Dickinson did a version of that. You forgot about that one I from totally Tattooed Millionaire. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. that first solo. Yeah. That was the single from yeah. it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I remember that. There's a video for it on MTV. Now I remember it. So now we've talked about two bands that have covered <laughs> Bowie and what 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 a realm Nirvana and Bruce Dickinson so far <laughs> we have referenced. So there will be more to come. Plenty more. Plenty more. And yes, we are getting into the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust. I need a random generator to pick the track on this one. Because, good God. I and know. yeah, 
Notable musicians on Hunky Dory basically consists of the band that will be now referred to as the Spiders from the Mars. Spiders, yeah. Uh, one of the greatest bands ever assembled. Just you put them all in a room, and and something magical happened. F- listening to some of those versions on Bowie at the Beeb, that collection that came out in '99 or 2000. Yeah. When you hear those sessions of that band, oh, they're just on fire. I mean, like, you know, it's one of those things, like, you hear about a lot of the great bands of all time, and they say, technically, from a technical standpoint, not the greatest band ever, but something happened. And it it's was... Un- this, this is an unbelievable record. Yeah, I mean, you can't... Like you put you put a gun to somebody's head and say recommended David Bowie album. Oh, this has to be the one. You have the thirtieth anniversary. I think they've had a fortieth since oh, then. Easily, <laughs> easily. It's just hopefully this is this is the same one that I have though. Yeah, some uh, some and worth it for that bonus yeah. disc version. Some great bonus tracks on there. Yeah. Like I said, I, I I know over the years maybe two or three times I have played that live version of Moon Age Daydream from Bowie at the Beat because it's just an, a ridiculously amazing version uh, I I hesitate to play it now for overkill reasons and maybe to spotlight another track on there Moon Age Daydream has got a lot of love over the last year because yeah. it, was, it was in Guardians of the Galaxy oh, was so it? a lot of people know that song now um, you know there's been some Starman? I mean, what the, yeah what is not on this record freaking Starman Suffragette City Ziggy hang on Stardust. to yourself. Hang on to yourself. Which Rock and is, roll suicide. Five uh, years. Ugh. I mean, forget about it. I mean, there's. I'm not picking it, dude. <laughs> I can't. I don't have anything written down. Okay. Well then. Um, <laughs> anything. Be- because, uh, just because. Okay. Uh, re- referring back to the five years documentary that I was telling you about. Um, Rick Wakeman played Starman. Ooh. Okay. Because I, at least he. he he had sat. He was sitting at a piano, and he says, "Oh fuck, I haven't played this in like forty years." <laughs> Even a but, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't Schroeder, but but I, I'm I'm guessing that he had he was actually the the performer of the piano part on mm. on Star Starman. I, I I'm guessing because I mean the way he. He just said it. He was like, "Oh fuck, I haven't played this in like forty years." So, okay, Starman. I'm gonna. You want to do Starman? I can make it more difficult for you. Yeah, you, you, my brain. You, you just, probably could. My brain just Starman or hang on to yourself. And it, <laughs> I, I, I flip a coin. Do it, Do you have a coin? I, I don't. I don't have a coin either. All right, I, hang on, all right, wait, 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 wait. We got it. Hold on. I, oh, is, wait, I got a coin. We're in Super Bowl season. Yeah, we are in Super Bowl season. You figured David would have played the Super Bowl. Okay, so I have a, a, a penny here, and the heads, Abraham Lincoln, would be Starman. Okay, go ahead. And then... Hang on to yourself. Hang on to yourself is the other side. It's one of those new pennies that I don't right. know what that is. Right. A shield? Yeah, hit it, have it hit the floor. Yeah, call it in the air. Oh, that's all right. shoot. Uh, it's Starman. <laughs> all right, here we go. From the... If it was a six star, it would get an album. Or actually, let's say it officially the rise and fall, rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars, Starman. Didn't know what time it was, the lights were low 
Some Starman from, of course, the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. Hope you enjoyed that out there. Uh, you could play anything off of it. You should own it. That album <laughs> is law. I know I say that. It uh, is. Only for the true cream of the crop of anybody's uh, catalog, but that is law. All right. And once again, like I talked about all the young dudes earlier, 
Here's another song that could have been on Ziggy Stardust. We're going to do one more odd and end. So imagine a Ziggy Stardust album that includes all the young dudes and this song. We talk, we've talked a lot on this episode, and we're going to talk some more, but this is a quick one. Let's get back into the music. Right. A would-be classic off of Ziggy Stardust. This is a single release called John, I'm Only Dancing. Yeah. And, and like the Brits love to do, even as uh, late as the early 70s, a single only. John, I'm Only Dancing by Bowie. Should have been on Ziggy Stardust. Were we putting 12 songs on an album at that point anyway? But imagine a Ziggy Stardust once again with all the young dudes and John, I'm Only Dancing. Wouldn't only, fit on the vinyl. Wouldn't fit on the vinyl, but <laughs> would make it uh, better than perfect. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so, moving on. Oh, oh, by the way, for the record, Rise and Fall came out. I need to say oh, this. The yes, Rise and Fall yeah. came out on June 16th, 1972, followed less than a year later on April 13th, 1973, already putting out Aladdin Sane, which 
Go ahead. All right. Pop it for Here we go. Here we go. Here comes the Aladdin beer. Aladdin Sane. The last beer is always the best one, isn't it? It is. No. <laughs> um, that was for Butler. So, <laughs> this album, really getting into, uh, and not that he wasn't experimenting per se in the other albums. Right. Uh, but you could definitely argue that Ziggy is a straight-ahead rock and roll record. Yeah. Starting to, the elements of the art really coming into play in Aladdin this, Sane. The addition of Mike Garson. This is the next turning point in my in my opinion. Yeah, because you still have the spiders. Right. You know, they're all represented here. Uh, but then, like I said, Mike Garson is kind of, uh, for lack of a better term, and I don't mean this disparagingly, the wrench thrown into the to the machine here right well and and, and previously On piano I, by the way i should I, say that officially the piano player I, I i do think the previous records where they were artistic or more theatrical from a live setting but i think this is whenever that art for his actual art his his songwriting really started to Pick up to be a little bit more experimental, per se. Yeah, and it really... The title track is really the one that says that. I yeah. mean, for all intents and purposes, if you take off Aladdin Sane off this album, right. it's very much Ziggy too. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, 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 not at all. Now you're looking at, like, singles. You're looking at the Gene Genie. I mean, oh. like, an amazing song. Yeah. Uh, and then a lot of personal favorites on this album for me. I mean, there's yeah. personal favorites on this and Diamond Dogs, but... You know the the fan of me that wants to recommend Ziggy as much as Diamond Dogs, I kind of sit and go, well, let's go with Aladdin Sane. That's that's a nice, <laughs> it's a happy it's, medium. It's the the in between. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, and uh, I would, I, yeah, I, I I get where you're going with that. Yeah, uh, I, Panic in Detroit, man. Uh, oh, great song. Even even as weird as it is, that cover of Let's Spend the Night Together yeah. is super yeah. fun. No, I, I mean, love that one. Yeah, uh, and, and 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 actually towards the end, like even Lady Grinning Soul, yeah. elements of what's to come. Yeah, uh, that Philly stuff is really starting to seep it's in starting, a little bit. He's starting to feel that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Soul Love did that too on Ziggy, but yeah, the echoes are there. And yeah, it's it's on, it's on the horizon. But man, I am torn. I I think it's got what I like to call. You know, as as great as the Gene Genie is, and as interesting as Aladdin Sane is, and Panic in Detroit is a great rave up. Drive in Saturday. Drive in Saturday is one of Cracked the best. Cracked actor. I was gonna say Drive in Saturday is one of the best ballads ever. Yeah. But I'm torn between what I call the two strut tracks on here. Uh oh. There's nothing. If I if you, Joey, um, what what is the definition of swagger rock? Right. And. The two songs immediately that would spring to mind is Watch That Man and Cracked Actor. Yeah. So now I'm torn. Logan has to be the tiebreaker. So are we going to play Watch That Man or Cracked Actor? You know, for my my nickel, I'm going to go with Cracked Actor. Nothing wrong with that. All right. Turn this one up and, and feel the attitude. Here we go. It's a lot. Yeah. 
All right. The great cracked actor from the great Aladdin Sane. Uh, not a poor man sequel to Ziggy, not in the least. It's very much worth it. It's it's almost as much law as Ziggy. It's it's so close. It's up there. It's like if if Ziggy is a five star album, this is probably a five star. But you might maybe four and three quarter stars. You know, four point seven. There you go. So good, so good, and uh, great record. You know, on such a creative run that Bowie had at this point, and still has much to do in his career at this point as well. You know, sometimes, and I bet I could relate to this, you know, you've been writing so many songs and you're so in demand, but you're with with your mates at this point, still the Spiders, and you're like, damn it, let's have some fun. No, didn't they break the Spiders up by then? No, Spiders are still Still going, like the remnants of them. Like, okay, he's using a lot of the same players, and yes, he did kill off the band at the end of the Ziggy tour, but he managed to still keep using a lot of the players. Right. Um, he killed the character off. He stopped being Ziggy because oh, yeah. he became Aladdin Sane and all the other personas he would yeah. have over the years. But yeah, like I said, he's he's at this point, and this is only like five months later. This is October 19th, 1973. But even between Aladdin and this, he's like, let's just play some songs. Let's 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 just play some covers. And it's like a, this is his breathing point, you know, like... Uh, the record company is probably coming up to him saying, can we have another record six months later? And that's probably why he did it like this. But at the same time, I, I think that, especially if you go by the s- kind of songs he picked, these have to be personal favorites. Because yeah. not all these songs are well known. No, they're not. So we're talking about pinups, and it's an all-covers album. Yeah. Uh, the great cover with him and uh, Twiggy. Uh, on oh, is that Twiggy? Yeah, yeah, I didn't even know that. Yeah, so I'll be honest, I didn't. I, this, 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 this rate uh, was very low on my radar. Yeah, just I, because I think it's a fun be, listen. It's just and and, and you know, it, just because it was a covers album, I, 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 you know, I, I had known that it was. Yeah, I mean, it's got that going against it, but it also has the fact that it came out between a lot Sane and Diamond Dogs. I know. So. Of course, it's not as good as the other two. It's just a fun little covers album. It is, you know, and two Who covers, by the way, interesting. You know? Yeah. Um, uh, well, doing the the uh, Who was a big deal back. Uh, let's see, what what year was this? Oh God, seventy two, seventy three. Yeah, seventy three. Seventy three. So yeah, so the Who's a big deal. Yeah, and they were tearing it up before I was gonna Bowie say, ever strapped a guitar were, on. You know, they so. were. Hugely influential to anybody yeah. with with ears. Ooh, did Cincinnati happen before or after this? No, the Cincinnati was early eighties. Was that eighties? Yeah, it was like eighty one. I thought it was like in the seventies yeah, or late seventies, early eighties. Okay, uh, but yeah, no, none of that crap had happened yet. They're they're like in kind of the Quadrophenia era. Oh, okay, at this point. okay, like just past who's next going into Quadrophenia. Okay, I get um, you. So this is very much kind of a... Thank you, Professor. No, no no problem. <laughs> well, doctor stats for you. It's kind of like a tribute to like British Invasion right. and some Australian stuff, some Scottish and Goodbye, Irish, Irish stuff. Um, Irish? Yeah, because they cover Here Comes the Night. That's I them. Know. Van Morrison. Okay, yeah. You know? You're right. They You're do right. an Easy Beat song. That's I'm not sure if they were doing Whiskey in the Jar. No, no, no. no I'm no, just no. kidding. I, I knew that was No Thin Lizzy covers on here. No. Uh, but, uh, Thank goodness. Oh, come on now. Okay. Don't say that. Uh, but I like pinups. Like I said, I think, it, you know, uh, maligned, I don't think for any great reason other than the fact that it's he's covers. not writing original material. And that, 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 that's, that's, my, that's my camp. Yeah, but I think it, that's a flag that I'm flying over my camp. 
But I'm sure at this point it'll get some fresh ears on it. It may. Uh, so I think I'd like to play the closing track here. And for some of you other listeners out there, you might be familiar with a different cover version of this Kink song. Because this is a cover of the Kinks, Where Have All the Good Times Gone. Oh. Some of you might be familiar with Van Halen's version from Diver Down. <laughs> Great version. Uh, this is uh, an entirely different thought process but equally great in my opinion. So here's Bowie with some remnants of the spiders doing the kinks. Where have all the good times gone? In my life I've never stopped to worry about a thing Opened up and shouted out Never tried to see Wondering about the fun cover action there with where have all the good times gone off of pinups go pick it up you'll you'll recognize some songs but you won't recognize some other ones it's kind of like a half see as far as like you know it right away or this is the first time you've heard it and i was guilty of that too so were you oh absolutely i'll okay. admit it uh but moving on here now this is an album that is a rock and roll album almost kind of by default and the reason i say that is because the intention for Diamond Dogs was to be even way more over the top and artsy than Aladdin Sane was. Kind of building off of the Aladdin Sane title track, this was going to be a concept album yes. based off of the book 1984, 84. but was denied the intellectual rights 
by uh, the family of Orwell. The estate of George Orwell. Yeah, the the estate of George Orwell. uh, Denied that he was going to... I mean, this was going to be like a Broadway musical and a a huge tour with the Orwellian theme. Yeah. And I'm sure... Like, he wrote the song 1984 as the basis for this jumping off period. And I, I I don't think there's much in there except for maybe Candidate. That, yeah, that was really intended for the musical. Uh, but yeah, I think that kind of broke his heart. And it kind of, even though he probably saw it as going back to the well, this is an amazing album, that being said. And I bet you at the time he probably was disappointed. I just have that feeling because I know once you get, once you get going on something, if something stops you, you just lose all you know faith in anything. Right, yeah. I feel like that's what happened to him, but... Regardless of that, it still turns out as, in in my opinion, one of his strongest albums of his career. Yeah, this was this was a pinnacle album for me on a personal level, because whenever I first uh, was really kind of introduced with Bowie, uh, mainstream wise, in in the early part of the eighties, around that Let's Dance period, well, we, I was I was in a uh, uh, on a little field trip with my church at the time. Yeah. Well, we all did those. And we? Uh, we were we were staying in the dorms with other college students that were, you know, had accepted us in to to stay in their 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 dorm room mm-hmm. uh, for the night because there was some program or something that they were going to the next day. Anyway. The night, the and, and the dorm room that I happened to stay in, well, that night they they, they brought a, a whole bunch of us in into one crammed into one dorm room, you okay. know, bunk beds and sure, and, and, and like the whole you see, shit. like like spring training or the yeah, army exactly, or something, exactly, yeah. and it, you know, or camp, and there was <laughs> yeah, it was like camp, and and uh, they played records for for the kids. Yeah. Per se, and the first full length record that I ever heard from Bowie was Diamond Dogs. Wow! Front to back, they played side A, they flipped it over, and they played side B. What were you even thinking when at you that heard point? Future Legend. I mean, right the, off the bat, the whole well, and mind you, this was for an unnamed Christian university. <laughs> okay. But we were listening to, and I, I'm not sure that it affected anybody else there. Who knows? In, in, in the way that it affected me, from from my recollection, it didn't. But for me, I was like, what the fuck? As in, this is so goddamn amazing. Yeah. This is so. I I need to get this record as soon as I possibly can. Let me ask you this, and you might have said it already, so forgive me. What year was this? This was about nineteen eighty three. Nice. Eighty four, maybe. Yeah, for an album that is pretty much almost ten years old at Let, this point. And yeah, I, it, May twenty fourth. It, it, it may it may have been nineteen eighty four. Nineteen eighty four. When when was when was Let's Dance released? Eighty three. Eighty three. Yeah. So it it it. I I actually think it must have been the spring of eighty four. Okay. 
So it was a, a, a good 10 years after. But Had you with, heard him before? I mean, well, I guess Let's Dance was it, really I was going to say, with, with the Let's Dance material and then, mm-hmm. you know, a handful of other things. That you, singles that over you, the years. Singles yeah. that, that I might have heard on the radio sure. in the short amount of time that I've listened to FM radio but at that point. But this was the first full This was the first heard. full album that I actually ever heard. Nice. That was David Bowie. That's and great story. And it... it it was like a hook in the mouth. Nice. And and took me right in. Uh, next album after that was uh, Dead Kennedy's, term, uh, not Terminal Preppity. Wow. Um, it was Dead Kennedy's Plastic Surgery Disasters, which still... <laughs> wow. I can come back to that one, too. What a night. <laughs> but we'll have to wait for Jello B. Offer to pass away for this one <laughs> yeah. to happen. He'll talk, him, anyway, he'll talk himself but, to death. Yeah, right, he will. Sorry. But Diamond Dogs has a, 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 a special place in my... Uh, in my heart, just because of uh, that emotional connection and going, what the hell have I been missing by just listening to ABBA <laughs> no, or or whatever? No, I, I, no offense I, to ABBA. No, no, no offense to ABBA. <laughs> of course not. No, not from you. No, not, not at all. from me. Um, yeah, was it was. Was it was it instantaneous? It was instantaneous. Okay, because I was like, was there a certain song in the nope. middle that hit you, or was nope. it just? It was it was instantaneously from that that first sort of, you know that sw- yeah that swishy guitar thing yeah. going on, and then the backwards it, cowbell. Yeah, I mean, I, come I mean, on. It was <laughs> it was instantaneous. You know, it, it, it just got Diamond Dogs is is really has been my emotional point with David Bowie. Yeah. Should we just play Diamond Dogs or do you have a Man, do you have a personal I, No, phase? I don't. I don't. Maybe that, we should just do that cuz it's, could play it's the, not really overplayed. You could play the whole like, record. For fans, I feel like they think, "Oh, that's an obvious song." But if I went and saw Bowie on that tour, I wanted like on 03, right. he'd have played Diamond Dogs and be like, "Oh shit, yeah. fuck yeah, man." Yeah. Hell yeah, you played Diamond Dogs. I think we should do that. You know what? I I, I would fall over myself if anything was being played off of Diamond Dogs. Sure. Um, you know? Yeah, okay. Well, let, yeah, let's just do that. Hell. Yeah. Let, I, I, I play kinda, Diamond Dogs. Let's play Nothing the, wrong with that. Let's also all. play Future Legend, because it's not a full song. It's an intro. Yeah. I kind of want to have people kind of feel what you felt upon the needle yeah. dropping on this album. So sure, here sure. here you go. Future Legend and Diamond Dogs. in the death as the last few corpses lay rotting on the slimy thoroughfare. The shutters lifted an ancient temperance building high on Boacher's Hill and red mutant eyes gazed down on Hunger City. No more big wheels. Fleas the size of rats sucked on rats the size of cats and 10,000 peploids split into small tribes covering the highest of the sterile skyscrapers like Packs of dogs assaulting the glass fronts of Lavney Avenue, ripping and re-wrapping mink and shiny silver fronts. Now Leghorns, family badge of sapphire and cracked emerald. In the day now, the gear of the diamond dogs.
Yeah, and, and for an album that seems to never stop, Doesn't. I think we might as well have played the first song on there, but I think that was a cool experience here. Future Legend and Diamond Dogs back-to-back. It's it makes me want to hear the whole thing, actually, but there you go. Um, That's a must on my list. And, and I'm, I'm definitely not trying to beat up somebody else uh, to put over David, but I might be doing it a little bit here. I remember, like, 15 or 16 years ago, whenever that Moulin Rouge soundtrack oh, yeah, came yeah, out, yeah, and yeah. Beck covered this. Oh, I remember yeah. hearing in advance that Beck was going to cover Diamond yeah. Dogs, and I was excited about it. I was excited it. about it, too. And then you hear it, and you're like, wow. And you're like, man. I mean, I like the guy. It's, not not even close. It's I mean, funny. Like, it's funny, oh. because you, you saying that, earlier today, whenever I was thinking about, you know, our, our, our uh, sitting around, you know, talking about this my my mind went to exactly that exact point that you know what hey beck i like you dude yeah you you, you've done some really cool stuff yeah your cover of diamond dogs i mean that might be one of the worst things i don't know i I don't know if it's the worst but man so it's so it's not even close i I just keep saying it not even close i heard it recently a few days ago on serious and all over again, I was like, "Wow, maybe maybe I'll like this better. I like no. it less." Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's so. And I'm just, and it made me start to think. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna figure this out through the year. Are there good Bowie covers? Oh yeah, like, there are. There's I some. Mean, there, there, I know there, there are I'm some. Sure, I, I'm sure. We'll 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 table that for later because we got to get out of here. Yeah, but, yeah, we do. Uh, getting into a little bit here, we're gonna finish off with kind of an odd end, I guess, by the rules. Yeah. this is off of a live album. And, uh, you know, to not include the live Ziggy Stardust movie, I apologize, but we played a lot of material that you can find on there, so you should definitely pick up the soundtrack concert for Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars movie. It's pretty amazing, and for those of you out there that have never had it before, you're actually in luck, because the reissue smokes any release that's ever come out beforehand. I myself have a 30th anniversary special edition. And it's probably up to, like, it's 50th now. Uh, something like that. <laughs> But the DVD, with the remastered sound and the picture, the way it ought to be, like a true concert film, you must have that. It's amazing. Uh, moving over to when Dave was on the Diamond Dogs tour, and this is interesting because David went on tour for Diamond Dogs, and this is David like, okay, this this thing I've been doing, it's great, but I am over here now. Yeah. Like, we're over here now. Yeah. And halfway through the tour, apparently, the wipe occurred yeah so there's like two halves of the diamond dogs tour uh that i think some fans had christened the second half philly dogs because david is really becoming the thin white duke starting transitioning yeah i was gonna say the transition this is this is happening this is why this is a good place to stop on because uh in in live at the tower very maligned apparently for the performance but i don't hear bad performances on this album i don't understand why people hate this album so much critics really hate it i think the reissue does it probably better justice than than its original lp release yeah and much like most likely yeah and much like the cheap trick budokan reissue the full set there are some songs that were never put out on the album exactly originally and 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 that's why that's why so you get some cool stuff he does a cover of Ohio Players is here today, gone tomorrow. I mean, see, because now, now you're starting to see that seep in. The soul is, is the, here. The, the the American R&B sound yeah. is really starting to put hook and mouth on him. Yeah, he's starting to wear the suits. Yeah, but at the same yeah. time, it's like I still have orange hair. Right. So it's like I'm still trying to be a little bit more. 
sort of uh, shocking within a sense, but yeah, it, it's starting to it's starting to to soften out, I guess per se. Yeah. And he's he's not he's in it for the artisticness of the music and yes. not the theatrics of performance. Yeah. And 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 getting a slightly softer sound too. So you yeah. you never know what some of the true motivation could be because he was we'll talk about this on the He's next very part, calculated starting to appeal more to the masses yeah. also yes and like the great steve martin would say when you appeal to everybody it just means more more money right <laughs> so that's awful so we'll discuss the uh the highs and lows of that on the next part i but can't wait for then, our next part that's, that's gonna, gonna be, be great <laughs> yeah so and i mentioned this on some of the earlier albums we talked about since the band members were fairly consistent up until this point he goes on tour and here's a few names that pop up for the first time, and maybe the only time in Bowie's career. But here's one: Earl Slick. Earl Slick. Yeah. Earl Slick makes his debut on this tour. Oh, okay. Yeah. Who will play quite a big part throughout the rest of Bowie's history? Yes. Quite a bit. And uh, here's a couple of one-offs that I thought were kind of interesting. Here, uh, how about this guy, David oh. Sanborn? Oh yes. Yes. Uh, coming in on this tour as the alto sax yep. and flute credit. Yep. How about this guy, uh, a guy who's also no longer with us, the musical director of the tour. Do you know this one? Oh. Uh... Also gets an electric piano and Moog and oboe credit. On I'm going to go with Michael Kamen. Michael Kamen. Oh. Who I'm sure won Grammys or something. Oh, you know? uh, like, uh, I mean, this yeah. guy was huge. Well, his, his power ballad history alone, he was the guy that people would call whenever the rock band wanted to do a ballad with real strings. So nothing else matters by Metallica. Just for the Michael record, Kamen. just for the record, I, I, I did that off the cuff without looking at you your did. note. You did. So you totally did. Yeah. Because I, yeah, that, that to me screamed Michael Kamen. Yeah. And, and it, it makes sense. Yes. It, it makes a lot of sense after. Yeah. That's wow. like I said, Metallica used him. <clears throat> Brian Adams. I'm not used surprised him. about David Sanborn either. Yeah, no, no, not not surprised. And I thought that upstart, v- upstart saxophone yeah. player. And I thought Luther Vandross was on the tour, but I think that's going to be on. That's going to be one. that's the next one. But yeah, we'll talk about <laughs> Luther later. Uh, but like I said, really, this is kind of a preview for the next part that we'll do in a few months on the second quarter of the year. Uh, halfway through the album, he's done a, a nice set list, and this is. Uh, I think the true odd and end of the album because it's not on any other Bowie album. You can only get it on this album and such a great performance that it wound up on quite a handful of best ofs and rightfully so. So here's David Bowie's cover of Eddie Floyd's Knock on Wood. We're going to put in some extras tonight. Some silly ones.
Right, a little knock on wood there. I think a really uh, fun high note to go out on for this part one, and that basically ties up the era, the the first quarter of Bowie's career. Honestly, I think that's a good place to stop. So uh, we'll be getting into some really, uh, arguably the most experimental era of his whole career. Will be on the next part, and a lot of cool stuff coming around the bend. My favorite era. Yeah, uh, man. So I, I'm. My head's spinning just thinking about it, yeah. so let's just get out of here. We're, let's come in just a little under two hours. Thank you so much, Logan, for coming on to the show. Thanks for having me. And um, I, I do want to thank everybody for listening. And Thanks. And I hope you got something out of it. Let me know what you think. Go to cnjradio.com. Go to the Facebook and leave a comment, uh, Twitter, all that jazz. And just thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, tune in. Uh, in a few more months, we'll be up with part two. Uh, we're going to record them pretty soon, actually. Um because um, it's just been a lot of fun hanging out with Logan, talking Bowie, and it's part of our healing process for sure, and I mean yeah. that. Uh, so, yeah, thank you, everybody, for tuning to the show. Uh, keep subscribing, keep listening, and we'll see you on the next one. Have fun. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.